This is where Montana talks. Montana talks with Aaron Flint. Well, here I thought we were special. You know, I put it in our promo that I cut after the show yesterday. Here's what we got coming up on Wednesday's Montana Talks. We got the governor dropping by our studios. He's going to join us for the first half of the program. Then we're going to open up the phone lines to anything and everything you want to talk about in the second half of the show. Governor, I thought we were special, but then I I realized, uh, oh, uh, the Breakfast Flakes on Cat Country that have a studio down the hall from us, it's their 35th and anniversary on the air today so that's really why you came to town i thought it was just to come uh, chat with us and talk tax relief and more i just i want to get some of the town square media coffee that was it <laughs> but it's always good to see you aaron and i did stop in to see paul and mark uh what a legacy i wished him a happy next 35 years and they were they did some backpedaling pretty quick they said no no they're I don't, they don't think they'll make it another 35. They, they always threaten that. They always threaten that. The, those two guys, even if they weren't doing a morning radio show in Billings, they would be sitting at the McDonald's in the Billings Heights every morning having coffee, still talking about the same stuff anyway. So they might as well do it on the radio. Those two guys are patriots. And uh, I, I always enjoy visiting with them. Big supporters of the troops, like so many of our, our radio friends across Montana. You know, I, I got to go down and give them a hard time. I'm like, you know, you guys are bragging about 35 years on the radio. Heck, Ann James and Shelby's probably got 42 now, 43 maybe. Mark Daniels is probably right up there. I don't even know. Peter Christian, he's got to be at least in the 30s at KGVO as well. Anyway, so many great folks in radio. You get a chance to see a lot of our radio I friends. I do. As I travel the state, I love to get in studio. Uh, I dial in a bunch. I, I just I love radio. It, it's a it's a it's a great format to talk with people. I love taking calls from folks because I get to know what pe- what's on people's minds. And it's great to be back here in Yellowstone County today. Speaking of tax relief, uh, right now uh, business equipment tax looks like a uh, some business equipment tax relief is headed to your desk pretty much as we speak. Yeah. So we've been working with the legislature. We're making great progress, Aaron. Uh, I. Very simple premise. You know, we overcharge the people of Montana. We need to give it back. So the the total package of these tax reform bills, we're going to give a billion dollars back to Montanans in permanent rate reductions and rebates. Just to put that in perspective, just our income tax rate reduction, this is the rate that most Montanans pay just here in Yellowstone County. That's $45 million over the next two years. In permanent rate reductions, that money is going to go back into small businesses, local manufacturers. It's going to help people hire more people. It's going to help get our economy even stronger. Yeah, that's right, because Montana is doing better than the rest of the country. The red states as a whole are doing better than the blue states as a whole. But, yeah, $45 million in tax relief, money heading back into the pockets of Montanans just in Yellowstone County alone. I mean, imagine what that kind of money will do in a in a SCOBY, in a Plentywood, in a Missoula, in all of these places across the state in in the flathead it's 39 million dollars over two years back in people's pockets uh so they can spend it the way they want to all right it sounds like the spring thaw is uh just about upon us then here well uh, we're going to talk about tax relief and much more governor greg Gianforte here with us plus we'll try to sneak in some of your phone calls he's with us till about uh, 10 as electric cooperatives oppose any effort or study in support of dam breaching because of how vital this clean renewable power source is to our members not squishy, and he is definitely not his firm set or central air from White. It's the place you want to be, and it's free. So, where to? 
Here's News Talk 970 and 103.3 FM KBUL. Your home for Fox News, Hannity, Bongino, and Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. Broadcasting live across the great state of Montana, this is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. Yeah, the transmittal deadline for the Montana legislature is this this Friday. So that basically marks the halftime for the legislative session here in Montana. So what bills has the governor already signed into law? What is very close to being signed into law? Uh, that's one of the questions I have for Governor Greg Gianforte this morning. But uh, we want to start with one of your phone calls here, 406-294-0970. If you've got a quick question or comment, uh, let's start with Glenda in Kalispell listening to KJJR. Glenda, thanks for your call. Good morning. Good morning. It's so good of you to take my call. I'm calling because um, I'm listening to the legislators talk about how we have $2 million or billion dollars in surplus taxes here, here in Planted Valley. I think it was $31 million. And they're also talking about the other side saying, but we need to increase taxes in small ways. My husband and I built a cabin next to our house so that our sons would come home. They, they weren't coming home to a 900-square-foot house, so we built a cabin. When they're not using it, we rent it out as a verbo. It's our retirement income. We've already had a 1% increase in taxes on the bedding tax, and now the state's talking about putting only one quarter percent tax on verbos. Airbnbs, whatever you want to call so, them. So taxing uh, vacation rentals, VRBOs, Airbnb, et cetera. Uh, yeah, all right. Thank, thanks for that question. Sorry, we're a little short on time. Governor Gianforte, your thoughts? Yeah, so our focus is reducing taxes. Our proposal we put forward has a billion dollars in tax relief. Uh, there's a lot of bills going through the legislature. We'll find out at the end of the week if any of these other ones make it through the process. If it gets to my desk, you know my commitment. I'm focused on lower taxes, not higher taxes. Uh, and just in the flathead, just our income tax relief is going to result in $39 million going back to individual pack taxpayers over the next uh, two years. All right, let's jump into another caller here. We've got Kathy in Billings listening to KBUL. Kathy, did you have a quick question or comment? Yes, good morning. Um, I'm just wondering what's going on with the government funding um, where the money for a student's schooling follows the student and can go to a religious private school. All right. Great question. Or even just school choice in general, which could be from public school to another public school. Yeah. And I, I think uh, very clear. And I, and I know this opinion shared by a lot of Montanans. Uh, parents know what's best for their kids. Uh, that's why I championed the Big Sky Scholarship Program in 2021. Uh, we put forward in our budget a significant increase in the funding. Uh, this program's in place today. It, it's targeted towards lower-income families because people with higher incomes, they already have choice. They can do whatever they want. Uh, we have to help uh, parents pick the right option for their kids. We've also championed the educational savings accounts for kids with disabilities. Again, uh, this allows parents to make the best decision for their kids. I'm hoping to get both those bills on my desk and I'll sign them into law. And then kind of in a related front, talking about schools and education, I know last legislative session, you and uh, the Republican-controlled legislature uh, put some incentives 
structures in place for entry-level teachers. That's where the challenge. Well, what's the latest on on efforts to provide more incentives for for entry-level teachers in particular? Yeah, that's absolutely right, Aaron. When I took office, Montana was 50th in the country in starting teacher pay, which is awful. We need to have the best and the brightest in front of the, our classrooms teaching. That's why we proposed the Teach Act, uh, which helped increase starting teacher pay for over 400 teachers in the first year. In our current budget, we've significantly increased the funding for this. And we don't want to tell local school boards what to do because we believe in local control. But this Teach Act provides incentives to local school boards, and the state picks up the bulk of the cost of increasing pay for starting teachers. Yeah, I know there's there's hundreds of bills that are going through the process right now. As we've been doing our weekly legislative updates with uh, Speaker Regeer out of Kalispell, for example, uh, education really has been a common theme, but also protecting kids in general, protecting kids from this woke agenda, protecting kids from the woke mob. Uh, what's your take on, on some of these these bills that are moving through the process in the legislature right now? Well, we'll know a lot more at the end of the week with transmittal. Uh, because, again, if they don't get transmitted from the House to the Senate or from the Senate to the House by the end of this week, they're dead. Uh, I think we need to protect parental rights. Um, I've said generally that uh, we need to have a parental bill of rights. Uh, there's a number of bills moving through the legislature, and the ones that get my desk, I'll, I'll give them careful consideration. All right. Before we get to our next break, let's sneak in at least one more caller, and then we'll get to more of you after the break. Skip in Hamilton, did you have a quick question or comment? Yes, sir. And uh, thank you, Governor, for coming on to speak to us. Uh, I'm looking at a legislative alert that I talked to Aaron about the other day. It's Bill 527, House Bill, that made it through committee. And uh, it has to do with uh, it, it, I'm, I'm looking at an alert that goes to uh, people in the Legion. And, and what it is, uh, the first line, that, as they say it, is it preempts your ability to release the soldiers of our National Guard unless there's a directive from uh, uh, from Congress. And I'm, I'm concerned about that because uh, I, my guess is you know about it. And I'd like to know why, and Aaron had some input yesterday. Would you tell us if, if you think that's important at this point, whether it'll make it or whether we should give it any concern or not? Yeah. Thank you, Sarah. I'll listen up. Yeah, and one other question I would add to that. Uh, thanks, Skip, is, you know, are you getting feedback from your National Guard officials here in Montana so far? This is the legislation some of you may have heard about, the Defend the Guard Act. But I know some of our friends in the American Legion are calling. Motor all transactions, but you can save up to 25% off your first year with promo code NEWS at lifelock.com. Identity theft protection starts here. If you love them enough to turn off your music... And pretend like their music is your music. Ah, this is Mommy's Jam. Then surely you'll check NHTSA.gov slash the right seat to make sure they're in the right car seat. Let's play it again. Check today at NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Montana is talking here. This is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint 
Well, we were talking about uh, tax relief. Uh, mentioned there's a couple of headlines uh, that are that are in front of me right now. Bill to boost business equipment tax exemption passes. That's headed to the governor's desk. Uh, desk. That's in the uh, the Bozeman Daily Chronicle. Uh, the billings is actually this is the Helena IR billion dollar GOP spending package poised to clear legislature. Although, Governor, I would correct them there. This isn't a billion dollar spending package. This is a billion-dollar relief package, but the media so often does that. You know, if, if it's our money that we want to get back, they call that spending. But uh, anyway, that's, yeah, that's Aaron, an important point it, to make. It's very simple. We, we overcharged the people of Montana. We need to give it back. That's why we came forward this, with this bold proposal. You're right. The business equipment tax passed on third reading yesterday. Most of the other tax relief bills, the income relief, the property tax rebates, are on third reading today. So I'm I'm hopeful we could have a celebration here in the next short period of time. Yes, yeah, so you're saying of, within the next couple of weeks and maybe even correct. you we, might we have We could this deliver tax the largest tax relief package in the history of the state of Montana. Yeah, and as you mentioned, just in, in Yellowstone County alone, $45 million of, of, of relief. We had a question from Will in Billings on our Montana Talks app. How come the, the property tax relief would come in two payments? Why not give it back right away? Montanans could use the money now. Uh, prices are high, etc. So why do it in two payments instead of one was Will's question. Well, we just uh, we uh, that was the proposal that we worked on with the legislature uh we we knew most people don't always realize property tax doesn't go to the state it goes to the local community this is what pays for our schools our law enforcement county roads and bridges and uh with this historic surplus we really felt individual homeowners needed some relief. Just here in Yellowstone County, to make this real, our proposal that we put forward, uh, a $2,000 rebate for every homeowner, would reduce the property tax burden on the average homeowner next year by 45%. 45% reduction. So this is significant. We just spread it over two years. All right. Before I forget, I do want to go back to Skip in Hamilton, his question about this bill. The bill is is called the Defend the Guard Act. There's kind of libertarian groups across the country are proposing this legislation in multiple states. But basically, I, I get where the backers of the legislation are coming from. They're, they're saying, well, hey, you know, we don't want the administration in D.C. Uh, sending our troops all over the world. They're, they're, they don't like the forever wars. I get it. But I've also heard from, like, our friends Roger Hagan, who, uh, you know, American Legion and others. And they refer to this as the defund the Guard Act, that basically if, if this legislation were to get passed, we could lose the National Guard assets, the helicopters that we use for firefighting more yeah of, of course we should defend the guard but this bill is a bad idea uh, our uh, adjutant general uh, Pete Ronick testified against it and here's the problem uh, as commander-in-chief of the National Guard for Montana I need the ability to call the members of the guard up when we have an emergency if there's a flood I think we had a flood recently if there's a wildfire I think we have them every summer we don't always call up the National Guard but I need the I need the ability to call them up when the lives and property of Montanans are at risk. This bill would take that ability away. 
Yeah, in fact, uh, speaking of uh, National Guard capabilities, uh, and, and just full disclosure, I'm a former National Guard member myself uh, uh, now, but uh, uh, but when the China spy balloon was taking place, a lot, of, a lot of people were asking me, hey, how come the governor doesn't just order the National Guard to shoot it down? Well, we used to have a fighter jet capability. We lost that, I think, under uh, former Governor Schweitzer, I think, is when we lost the fighter jet capability, but it certainly renewed calls, hey, hey, maybe we should we should try to get more capabilities for our National Guard here. And in the I state. agree. We are working uh, with the Pentagon on a number of DOD initiatives to see which aspects of that make sense for Montana, whether it's an expanded cyber command or uh, this whole uh, Arctic mission. Uh, there and and I think we can play an important role in that. You mentioned wildfires, and I think uh, we'd all agree. Uh, rather than just seeing this timber go up in smoke, we'd rather see it go to our mills, and uh, and and have some more forest health. Did I did I read right that I know in your first year as governor you doubled the number of acreage treated uh, in our forests, but it's now tripled based off the latest numbers. Yeah, just, Is that correct? Just shy of tripled. Uh, the year before I came into office, we managed about 11,000 acres in the state. Um, this past year, we just got the numbers, 31,000 acres treated. But, Aaron, it's still just a down payment. Uh, we have 4 million acres that are in urgent need of management. Uh, This is why I've put $10 million a year into our budget for enhanced forest management. And I just, I was in D.C. two weeks ago, sat down with uh, Chief Randy Moore of the Forest Service, invited, he's committed to come to Montana to see these diseased and dying forests firsthand, uh, to do more good neighbor authority projects. A good neighbor authority project, if you're not familiar, gives the state the ability to manage federal forests. We just did a 100,000-acre project up at the Kootenai. I asked Chief Moore to work with us to identify 10 more projects of at least 100,000 acres. That would put a million acres under management, and that'd be a big down payment on these 4 million acres we have to start managing. I like that you're not just putting up the mission accomplished banner and declaring victory. You're pressing for more. One of my logger friends, her and her husband uh, are in Frenchtown, Montana, and she put it well. She said, acres traded are not necessarily logs cut, so the fact that you're pressing for more I think is great. Uh, I know you got to run here, actually in about 30 seconds. Can we sneak in one more phone call before you run? D.C. in Kalispell. Uh, Very quick, if you don't mind. Yeah, Corporal, thanks for sharing uh, recent pictures of your woodworking endeavors. Good job. It's nice to see that side of you. Uh, Aside from the duck recipes last time you were on, uh, keep up the good work. Nice Thank, job. Thank you so much. It's I love spending a little time in the wood shop. Uh, you know, I took my daughter to work when she was about eight. It was father daughter day, and we came home at lunch. And Rachel said, I mean, uh, my wife said to Rachel, "What would you think of Daddy's work?" And Rachel, being the astute, perceptive eight year old, said, "He doesn't work. He just talks on the phone." <laughs> so getting into the wood shop on the weekends, I actually can point at something I actually did. Uh, I was going to say, this is how you rest and relax on the weekend. For yeah. people who haven't seen you on Facebook or elsewhere, uh, you, you're you going out and you're picking up uh, old sticks and you're clearing up brush uh, you know, uh, from the river. Running yeah. my chainsaw or chop saw or table saw or whatever it happens to be. Making a new bench or something. So, yeah. uh, Well, you've got a career uh, eventually after the governor's office if, if, if you need another job. I don't... <laughs> All right. Governor, great to see you as always. Thanks for dropping in. Uh, pleasure. Thank you, Aaron.
All right. Well, uh, yeah, the governor's got to run off to his, uh, to his to his next uh appointment here, his next uh meeting. In fact, uh I've got a press release that details what he is doing today, so I'll tell you about that here in a few minutes since we uh tried to sneak in as many phone calls as we could there before he has to run. Uh but the phone lines remain open for you. If you got something you want to talk about, hey, don't worry. Well, while, while the governor's driving across town, uh he'll be listening in. Uh his staff are listening in. Uh, the legislators in Helena are listening in, uh, but more importantly, uh, the people all across Montana are listening in. And so uh, if you say something they agree with, uh, then they'll call those lawmakers and uh, uh, light a fire uh, uh, there uh, in a good way, uh, not like the wildfires we were talking about earlier. Two nine four zero nine seventy. Ed in Billings uh, looks like has a good question. Ed, I'm sorry the governor had to run, but either way, what was the uh, question or comment you wanted to share? Yeah, hey, listen, I, uh, a number of years ago, we got a, uh, uh, refund from the, uh, the state on taxes. I don't know whether it was Rassico or, or who was governor then. And everybody applauded that until the next spring, I got a 1099 in the mail and the refund I found was taxable. Is the governor going to give me money back that I was overtaxed? And then is he going to tax me as that as general income? Mm-hmm. That's a good question. Yeah, will will you be taxed off of this this refund in in future years, especially since it comes as, in as, uh, in payments? Yeah, in two as, payments. As as it was done in the past. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and that'd be a good question for a, a, a tax attorney as well. Even if the state says, "Hey, we're going to give this back to you, but we're not, but we're not going to tax you on it," the feds may still. Uh, so that yeah, I'd, I'd have to throw that question to one of our, our good tax attorneys across Montana. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not worried about the feds. I, I don't want to be. If, I, if I'm going to be taxed on it, then don't give it back to me. It was a tax to begin with. So thanks and. Uh Let's watch out for little simple kudos like that that sound good, but then oftentimes we get taxed on it. Wait, so Thanks. so if they give you a hundred bucks back, uh, you don't want it because you might have to give ten bucks back six months from now. I mean, I mean, I don't. That, that, I'm just throwing well, out it, an example. Yeah, I get where you're coming from, yeah. but yeah, yeah. If we're going to just keep taxing me on every turn, then then what 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 are we doing here? The yeah, purpose is to reduce taxes and maybe make others that don't pay any property taxes, maybe they should step up and start paying taxes, too. Yeah. So the tax issue can be argued for years, but just don't tax me on what you're going to give me back. Yeah. Well, that's why I think, you know, the long-term tax relief and lowering the rates for the long-term is important here as well, because it goes back to what, what you said, is we overpaid. We gave the government too much money in the first place. They're just giving us a little bit of this back. So that's And that's why I think, you know, if the governor were still here, he would also celebrate the long-term uh, reduction of the rates as well. Hey, thanks for the call. Great to hear from you, Ed. Uh, let's see. Uh, Bill in Big Fork, we got about uh, 30 seconds before the break. What do you want to share? Well, I just, uh, I'm sorry I missed the governor, but uh, I'm just an old 76 uh, year old uh, Vietnam vet, and I'm a little God concerned about all these commercials we're seeing for uh, home title theft insurance. Uh, so I called the, the county clerk down in uh, uh, Polson, and they told me that, uh, well, we can't do anything about it because it just takes too many uh, people to uh, keep checking up on that. I just can't see why they just can't have somebody when there's there's a sale going on. Just call the individual, the uh, home of record, uh, the name of record or whatever, just to make sure that they're actually selling the place. 
why can't there be a state law that uh, requires that and funds the people to do that? Yeah, and how big of a problem is it in Montana? I, I don't know if you've uh, uh, experienced it personally or not either. That was another question I think one of our recent callers had. Uh, yeah, great questions. Great questions, Bill. Thanks for the call. Quick break. More of your phone calls next. Here. Yeah, I know. Sean is the host. But the real star is Linda, the producer. Catch them both on The Sean Hannity Show, weekday afternoons, 1 to 4, on News Talk 103.3 and AM 970. This is where Montana talks ag with Lane Nordland. I'm in Washington, D.C. this week, the National Potato Council. But yesterday, the House Agriculture Committee kicked off its first farm bill hearing. Chairman of the committee, Pennsylvania Republican Glenn G.T. Thompson. Without a comprehensive understanding of the industry's challenges, we cannot write an impactful farm bill that addresses the needs of those who grow, process, and consume the food, fuel, and fiber we're blessed to produce here in the United States. Thompson also discussed the issues impacting farmers and ranchers from markets regulations to skyrocketing input costs, along with foreign affairs that have impacted U.S. agriculture. Last week marked one year since Russia's invasion of Ukraine, which perpetuates a disrupted global food supply system, resulting in continued increased energy prices, fertilizer cost spikes and shortages, and worsening food scarcity in developing countries. At the same time, American consumers are watching in dismay as their grocery and energy bills skyrocket. The Biden administration continues to ignore this crisis, these crises and neglecting America's producers and consumers. As members of the House Committee on Agriculture and a Farm Bill reauthor- reauthorization cycle, it is our mandate to fully understand these challenges and work diligently without partisanship to ensure the passage of a strong farm bill that addresses the issues highlighted today. Again, work is underway on the 2023 Farm Bill. I'm Lane Northland. This is where Montana talks. Montana talks with Aaron Flint. Well, uh, while we were uh, in one of the breaks, uh, you know, I asked the governor, I said, hey, anything you want to talk about in particular? And uh, and he said, well, I'd really like to tell people uh, what we're doing in town today. And I want to tell them about this uh, disaster resiliency fund that we're going to be talking about. And, of course, we never got to that topic. Uh, <laughs> one of the main topics the governor wanted to cover, we didn't get to it because we wanted to get to as many of your phone calls as possible. So let me at least just uh, share uh, the information here with you. Uh, looks like the, uh, the governor is going to be joined by Yellowstone County officials. They're going to be urging the legislature to move forward with his proposal to establish a local disaster resiliency fund. And, of course, this resiliency fund uh, would uh, would be statewide uh, for communities across the state. Introduced by the governor in his budget for Montana families, the $100 million fund will support state and local disaster resiliency projects that reduce or eliminate long-term risk to people and property from future disasters. The fund will leverage state dollars for up to a 9-to-1 federal match for local disaster resiliency uh, projects. So, like, for example, in Yellowstone County, one thing they're looking at is is uh, – is they've got an irrigation ditch and slope failure project, uh, and uh, 
And so that's one thing that they're trying to get some urgent repairs done on, for example. All right, 406-294-0970 is the number for you. Write that number down because we have the phone lines uh, fill, uh, full, filled up right now. Uh, so let's jump right into the uh, the phone lines. We've got Ed in Whitefish listening to KJJR. Ed, what's going on? Hey, what a great segue, Aaron. Thanks. Hey, so I get the reluctance on the the Defend the Guard Act, but I kind of get the purpose behind it. Yeah, I'm, um, with, you. I'm with you. I agree there, with you on that, yeah. The, the I want to say this. During the height of Iraq, one of the southern states had both of their major brigades deployed overseas, and they got hit by a hurricane and got caught short on disaster relief within their own state because most of their troops were overseas. And there's about, I don't know, 18 or so states in the country that have not only their National Guard, but a state defense force or a state reserve or a state guard. Yeah, like Florida's, got, was, Florida's oh, got one that DeSantis yeah. has created now, too, right? They, he was getting ripped over yeah. by the liberal media. He's starting a militia. Right. But there's like 20 or so states that have that, and that's kind of the intent behind it, is if your National Guard is federalized and deployed for federal missions, that the governor has a force that is available for firefighting or or whatever the case may be, is that could be a solution that addresses what the intent of the um, Defend the Guard Act is if Montana had its own state reserve mm. for firefighting. And I was just going to say yeah. if there had been any discussion on that front to, you know, have that. Because I know at one point, probably back in the 40s or 50s, I recall reading that the Montana Guard actually did have a state defense force. Oh, interesting. Well, look at when even the Civil Air Patrol has been uh, activated uh, to provide us support uh, for for things as well. Yeah, no, I, I'm I'm with you. Like I I I like the intent of what they're trying to do with here, and I think especially given the forever wars that we've that we've seen over the past twenty plus years in particular, I I know that there's there's people on, you know, uh, on all sides of uh, of the, uh, I, I'd say both sides of the political fence, but but uh, really we're at a corner crossing where there's there's at least four different fences here that you got to jump over so and i think everybody like understands that we have been over uh over tapping our troops uh is this the right the right bill to to help fix that uh possibly not but uh but i know we certainly if anything we we need like you say i mean we need more capabilities to respond to these types of disasters and events like the china spy balloons showed us not not fewer capabilities and i know that's where our american legion friends are concerned that that this could lead to less capability here in the state exactly and I, I think that's why maybe we should maybe study looking at expanding the national guard and most state guards you know perform largely on a volunteer basis there may be some per diem reimbursement but you know largely it's probably the cheapest bang for the buck um you know as far as res- uh, emergency response or defense support of civil authority type situations well, you that's know, pretty much all i had well actually while we're on that line you talk about expanding the capabilities uh this is getting played this this may sound like inside baseball but i think given the china spy balloon to me this is all the more reason to do this uh you know president trump created the space force 
and now you've got more some Air Force bases that have been converted into Space Force bases. There's there's been an effort. I think Marco Rubio is the lead backer in the United States Senate to create a Space Force element of the National Guard. So right now in Montana we have an Army National Guard, and we have an Air Force. We have an Air National Guard, right? Well, what if we had a Space Force uh, component in our National Guard? I mean, given Malmstrom Air Force Base in the nuclear missile uh, silo uh, mission uh, and given our wide open airspace like we saw with China's spy balloon, I mean, what if we had a Space Force component already here, wired in, tapped in, ready to respond as well? All right. Thanks, Aaron. Hey, thank you. All right. I appreciate it. Thanks for the call. Great to hear from you. 406-294-0970. A phone line just opened up for you. Mike in Bozeman next up, listening to KMMS. What's going on, Mike? Hold on, I didn't, I didn't uh, cue you up there. Apologize. That's why I knew I sounded weird when I pressed that button. Okay, you're, you're ready to okay, go now. live. There we go, Mike. I'm wondering if anyone has heard or knows what the source of the two fires over R.Y. Timber and Livingston have been. Is there any arson involved? And um, if so, who's behind it? And with the fires we've been hearing about recently, the three uh, refineries, one in Texas, two in Mexico, in the news lately, and the wide variety of other fires we've heard about in key important uh, food processing facilities, etc. Yeah, um, <clears throat> I'll get off the phone and hopefully somebody will. No, say that's something. that's a great that's a great question. Um, in fact, Mike, when I saw you know our producer Travis, uh, he'll 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 say, "Hey, you got Mike in Bozeman." And he'll usually throw like a one sentence line. Hey, here's what the caller wants to talk about. And it says, in the and it, it was your question: What caused R.Y. Timbers fires? Uh, and I, exactly what you just said was what I was thinking when I read that question. Because, yeah, like our conversation on the show yesterday when we had the. Uh, the speaker who's going to be at the Big Sky Worldview Forum coming up this weekend where he was talking about technocracy and the globalists and how they're trying to push us into this great reset and it attacks on agriculture and production agriculture. You just nailed it right there, which is why people get a little concerned uh, and suspicious that something more might be going on with something like a fire on a lumber mill because we've seen so many uh, fires and and other disasters take place with our food processing facilities, we've seen infrastructure attacks. And look, uh, agree or not, we are at war right now because we are funding a war right now. And so you don't think that the Russians and the communist Chinese might not be, you know, doing some, uh, uh, you know, doing some things in this country to try to influence uh, that war effort? Well, with all the illegals coming across the southern border, uh, it sure is how it doesn't take one or more than one or three or ten of them to uh, create national havoc if they uh, wanted to. Yeah. Look at the national havoc that's, that's happening all. I mean, look at even even look at what took place in, in East Palestine, Ohio. Uh, and, and again, this I'm just throwing this out. I'm not saying this is what happened here, but look at look at when when attacking rail lines has been used in as sabotage in past war. You need clean nose, healthy life. Broadcasting from the Grizzly Gold and Silver Studios, trusted by the Northwest, Montana owned. Online at grizzlygoldandsilver.com. 
This is where Montana talks. You're listening to Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. I just had it. Oh, here it is. Okay, I I was going to say, I had a message in front of me here. Nick in Connor, Montana. Uh, Nick has a different take on uh, taxing VRBOs, Airbnbs, uh, whatever you want to call them. Yeah, we had an an earlier caller who said, hey, I, I thought the legislature should be reducing taxes, not adding more, and mentioned uh, that they, uh, you know, uh, that they uh, get some additional income by renting out an Airbnb, and apparently there's a proposal in the legislature to, uh, uh, to uh, I guess, add a lodging tax, uh, add an additional lodging tax on the Airbnbs. But anyway, this is what Nick and Connor had to say. A big part of Montana's housing shortage is caused by all the homes bought up and turned into Airbnb and VRBO, most owned by out-of-state These are the adorable houses that could be bought or rented by families. Is Montana going to hold the VRBOs and Airbnb to the same as other lodging in Montana, such as meeting fire codes, handicap accessible, et cetera, et cetera? And Nick says it needs to be taxed harder uh, to free up these homes. That's what Nick and Connor uh, had to say. My other question would be, uh, depending on what specific bill it is that our previous caller was referring to, would would the tax be paid for by the the homeowner who owns the Airbnb or the VRBO, or would it just be put put on the bill uh, for the customer who's renting uh, that room or that house for the night or for the week or whatever, just like you would pay a lodging tax fee if you were to get a hotel room, for example. Uh, so that that's just would be one of the questions I would have. All right, uh, phone lines are open for you. Let's go to Mark in Park City. Mark, thanks for the call. Yeah, I'm calling you in regards to um, as the state is entertaining about creating a law to protect our children from this um, puberty blockers and gender surgery and that sort of thing. It should be done so that it's they can make that decision as adults at 21 years of age. Um, it is a long-term decision for a short-term uh, problem, per se. But other states have put into law to protect our children with uh, this gender um, identification changing curriculum if you will yeah no i yeah i completely agree with you uh that's that I, I, that was what i, I kind of rolled a bunch of things into one when i asked the, the governor about protecting kids from the woke mob that is that is just one angle uh the other angle is the, the you know the fact that uh that kids can be subject to pornographic material in the schools and in the libraries that they can't even get at a gas station. Uh, yeah, so there's a number of different – I believe the bill, if I'm not mistaken, for Mark and Park City is uh, – I believe it was Senate Bill 99 that would protect kids from these radical transgender surgeries and other treatments uh, like the puberty blockers, some of these medications that, that could lead to osteoporosis in these young people. Uh, some of these treatments that could lead to sterilization in these young people. I mean lifelong negative impacts and repercussions – from a decision made by a little kid that they're not uh, fully prepared to make, but the woke mob is trying to make it happen. Uh, there's a number of different bills that, and uh, that SB 99, if I remember right, has already passed the state senate. It'll, it'll, and and I would expect that it will pass the house, and uh, I would expect it to be signed by the governor as well. Mississippi actually just signed a similar bill into law. 
Governor Reeves, before signing the measure that takes effect now, said his state will not be where gender transition is an option for adolescents. No child in Mississippi will have these drugs or surgeries pushed upon them. In addition, the law bans gender confirmation surgeries that alters physical features in line with gender identity. Governor Reeves hopes this inspires other states. Just stand on behalf of our nation's kids. All right. Yeah, that was uh, Mississippi Governor Tate Reeves. That was a Fox News radio report from earlier uh, this morning. All right. Uh, next up on the phone lines, let's go to Paul in Big Fork. Hey, Paul, what's going on? Hey, uh, I was just wondering, uh, all the lip service about China buying farmland and even invested in our military defense companies, is there anything going to be done about that, or is that just another thing they talk about forever and ever and nothing happens? Well, uh, let's see. Uh, the bill by State Senator uh, Bogner out of Miles City uh, has, is already seeing significant action in the legislature. That's the bill that would ban ownership of land here in Montana by the communist Chinese or Russia or Iran or North Korea. So that one, that bill is definitely moving forward. And, and uh, you know, again, I'm not I'm not in the prediction business, but I would predict I would say that I wouldn't be surprised if that passes the House and gets signed by the governor as well. And what about the properties in North Dakota right next to the military bases that they've already acquired? Yeah, no, exactly. You know, for all the times that Joe Biden breaks out his pen and cancels this or cancels that or shuts down this or says he's going to give somebody $400 billion, why hasn't Joe Biden just whipped out his pen and said, nope, China, you no longer own that land? Sorry. Yeah. Well, that's my concern is just everybody talks about it, and here we are talking about it, but it just doesn't seem like nothing ever gets done. Well, I, well, you, you hold us accountable here, uh, not just hold our legislators accountable, uh, but, Paul, you hold me accountable, too, because uh, if, if by mid-May there isn't a bill signed by the governor of Montana that has banned the communist Chinese from owning land in Montana, then, then you call back in and said, Aaron... You don't make predictions a lot, but you told me you thought that was going to happen. Uh, you hold me accountable if that doesn't happen, and uh, I'll get fired up along with you on that one. That's for sure. We were talking about the communist Chinese owning land in Montana long before the spy balloon. Where was everybody else?